Hello, and welcome to Chosen by Committee, the podcast where myself, Josh Heron, John Rosenberg, and Christopher Munden read plays by dead homosexuals. Just kidding. Uh, plays <laughs> um, that have won the Pulitzer Prize by 19, since 1917, so you don't have to, or so that you'll join us and read them uh, alongside us. This week, we happen to... Uh, be reading a play uh, by a by a homosexual uh, picnic by William uh, Inge, written in 1953. Um, but before that, my name is Josh Heron. I am a teacher, theater critic. Um, I've just been watching Hoarders for a couple hours, so that's where my favorite. <laughs> uh, is that a TV I, show? Yeah, uh, I'll explain it in a second. Um, and I am joined by. Um, uh, pop culture troglodyte Christopher Munden. <laughs> Hello, Josh. Uh, and sexual Neanderthal John Rosenberg. Hello, Josh. Um, yes, Christopher. Uh, Hoarders is a show about people who hoard. It's really sad. It's heartbreaking, actually. Um, so uh, this play, Picnic. I think I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it a go for summary. Um, so this play takes place in a small town in Kansas. Um, and it takes place in sort of the like front yard between two properties. Um, that one of the houses is uh, a single lady, Helen Potts, and her mom, who we'd ever see, I don't believe. And the other is, um, is a house uh, I think by a widow, um, Flo Owens, and her two daughters, Millie and Madge. Madge is a little bit older and very pretty. Um, Millie, it seems like well-read, but a little bit more rough around the edges. Um, and they have a roommate who is a school teacher, um, Rosemary. Um, and it is Labor Day weekend and there is um, a big picnic happening. Um, for the very first, first moment, Mrs. Potts, the next door neighbor, um, lets on a traveling sort of a brute hunk named Hal. And uh, turns out he is college pals with Madge's boyfriend, um, Al Seymour, and they went to maybe Yale together or Harvard um, or some other fancy school. Um, but Hal's sort of been down on his lunk since then. He's sort of a, a tramp, if you will. Um, and he sort of casts a, a sexual menace um, around the play. Um, and that sort of um, reaches his climax at the end of um, the second act where he's um, been sort of like lusted after by Rosemary, the horny school teacher after she's had a little bit too much to drink and then she sort of tears him a new one. And then, uh, and then is accused of giving Millie the little sister too much to drink. He then takes Madge and they kiss. And then um, in between acts two and three, they, they have passionate sex in a car. Um, he, you know, ruins her 
and then uh, he he gets out of town, and and Madge, crazed by her own lust for his delicious body, um, follows him to I think Omaha or Kansas City, Tulsa, Tulsa, the Paris of the Midwest, the Paris of Oklahoma. Um, and and you know I think that's it for terms of plot. Um, there's a lot of thematic work there. I think there's a lot of um, thematic stuff that have similarities to the work of Tennessee Williams and Arthur Miller. Um, I think a conversation that I would love to have is, um, I think, this is an opinion that I only know is shared by other gay men, white gay men. So I'm, I'm curious if it, if it is. Okay. There's a feeling that like in sort of deserves even though his body of work is smaller, to sort of be up there among Miller and uh, Tennessee Williams and Eugene O'Neill, and, and he really hasn't, like, his plays don't just have the critical uh, sort of attention or the performance history that some of his contemporaries do. Um, and I actually feel this way. I think that this play sits really nicely in between some of Williams's tendencies and some of Miller's tendencies. Um, but I'm curious if that opinion is shared by you. Um, but what to make of Inge today? I mean, I think I like this play a bunch. I don't, but I don't know. There's something about like Miller, Williams, um, you know, that this doesn't quite have. Maybe, maybe in some of the things I'd like about it are, are those things, I think, there's a lot of, there's ambiguity. There's, there's um, certainly like moral ambiguity, like character ambiguity. Um, his language maybe isn't as beautiful as Williams, who's, who he's most like. But um, I mean, I was attracted somewhat to that, like lack of clarity, lack of like, you know, uh, Miller definitely, we, John said something about like, you know, there's only one way this can make us feel. I think, I, th I don't think that was true with Picnic. I don't think that's true with the other images I've seen or read. Bus stop was, was, has similarities, doesn't it? And so does Comeback Little Sheba. And so does Comeback Little Sheba. I don't know, I don't think he deserves to be um, canonized in that way well maybe maybe none of these old dead white guys do but i can see why he isn't at least i think uh i will say what i appreciate is I, this was i think my first encounter with william inge i mean i definitely knew his name but his body of work i wasn't that familiar with i think in a way he doesn't care about being canonized if that makes sense like what i appreciated about this play is it uh it was it was stretched out more and it it had a breath of life i feel that um it was messy in a very interesting way in a way that like miller and williams you know that i've read really aren't and what i appreciate yeah. is i feel like inge is after something different than those other playwrights um I don't know exactly what it is. And I feel like whenever you can, when you can't put your finger on something, that means it's good. Um, 
what I found interesting about this play was I feel like this is the first like rock and roll play mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that we've encountered. And One there's more. something interesting. Rebel that? without a cause. Will you like say, what do you mean by rock and roll play? I mean, I feel like the energy of the young people um, mm. surprised me because I think at first when I saw that it was in Kansas, I thought it was going to be a different play. And it surprised me how the young people talked, you know, like between, I think Millie and the, the boy that called her goon face or whatever. But like, it wasn't a play about innocence or it wasn't a play about uh, Kansas doesn't know what the real world is. Mm -hmm. And like, then no. the real world comes to town. It's, it's, and that's what I, I think what I really appreciated about this play and what Inge was going after was like, this play doesn't give a, in a sense, it doesn't care about the outside world because it's so just like it has its own inner world that was really real i think uh yeah i mean the play got changed for me as soon as like madge and hal were alone and he when tells it, her about uh going to reform school and stuff yeah but i do want to point out real quick that uh who's his friend alan yeah alan yeah. He was originally played by, I don't know if you saw it, he was played by Paul Newman in the, I did in the see original that. cast. And then Paul, Paul Newman, Newman switched to how? Yeah. This is Paul Newman's first role. And he want, he auditioned for, this is like sort of a famous story. He auditioned for Hal, thought he was too scrawny, they gave him Alan. And then eventually he uh, he got the part of, he got replaced the Hal. I kind of oh, think like in the stage cool. version? Yeah. Uh, he is Hal. He like between Cool Hand Luke and like mm, he Cool Hand is, Luke is Hal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but um, so I I think I just want to say like as to your question of if he deserves to be in you know mentioned in the same breath, I think he absolutely does because I feel like he's not interested in framing and pointing out something about the American character. He's too busy capturing something different that I thought was really great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think like that's what makes him good. But I can see why he's not as produced, or he's not in the same conversation as those playwrights because he's not interested in that. That doesn't mean that this isn't a good play and that you don't like it. I, I love the word "messy" use. That that seemed very right to me. It's funny because I would have thought I described like I think of this play as like um, as soapy. Um, and like melodramatic in a way that, and I mean that as a compliment, um, in a way that like uh, that kind of story is often not seen as something that is like artistic or as valued um, or as something that like. Yeah, but it's not like a rom-com. It's not so like, complicated. Everything is so. I think of Sophie as rom-com. I think of Sophie as okay. like this high drama. There is like, Sex is lurid, um, but I think it is really well done. I think in both play in so the I've I've read Bus Stop. It's been many years, but um, I've seen Come Back a Little Cheaper recently, um, and I think in both plays he hits on this sort of dark, sexual sort of like, um, and not like like suburban life like the fact that people in the suburbs like have desire. Um, I think life, uh, Midwest life, because bus stop, yeah. 
Um, just life, life, people have desire. And it's not like simply resolved and simple desires. It felt very real. And I think in also both plays, he has this, he does something very interesting with like, uh, I mean, I think in, in the plays, it is like women desiring men. Um, like he objectifies men in interesting ways. Um, what I think is, yeah. I think that like any queer person reading this, it's very clear like that there is like a queer subversion happening there in the way that he. Um, Do you think uh, Hal and Alan had it? Hal and Alan had a thing. It, like, there's a very there is like I think throughout this play, there is lots of queer coded things. Um, I think there is like what is what are some other things? I mean, I think the tension between like there's a tension between Hal and Alan. I think that there is. Um, I think how like exudes sexuality, even like Howard, I think there's like some sort of like, uh, how yeah. like, doesn't wear a shirt for most of the play. Right. Yeah. He, he doesn't wear a shirt for the whole beginning. And then his shirt is ripped pretty quickly after he puts it on by, um, uh, by the teacher who we haven't talked about. Rosemary. Who's like, Rosemary, which is a, like, yeah, that's a great character. I mean, I think really the best character. I mean, so that's also what's so cool about this is I think he, and this is, he does more than in Come Back Little Shiva, but like he, there is not a bad character in this. Like he paint, like you think Rosemary is going to be the side character, like this sort of like afterthought supporting role. And I think her arc in the second and third act are like, oh no, it's the third act is both. Her, her arc is in the third act where she's like desperately on her knees, marrying, mm -hmm. like begging. Mm -hmm. um, and I think- After she's said how independent she is and how she hasn't had a man for all this time and she doesn't need it. I think there's something very um, skillful about the way that he like, he paints the like desperation and desire um, without like- oh, For everyone, yeah. And letting it happen. And it's not like, you know, like I think uh, she doesn't have to say like, I'm lonely, I'm tired of this life. We, we get this like just heart wrenching um, sort of- thirst. So many heart, yeah, so many heart yeah, wrenching I mean, things. I feel but... like something that Inge is interested in um, is just characters and their own self-worth. And I feel like a lot Oops. of this play is, is there either their fallacy of worth or like trying to create worth of themselves and like the moments when it dissolves or, you know, attaching themselves to other people to create that worth. And I think that, you know, that's something that is just endlessly fascinating to watch. Um, the one thing I, yeah. I will say is interesting is like, I forget imagine Millie's mom, her name. Well, it's that's a great character to too. I mean, Flo wants to fuck him. And it's strange to me that like she basically she did fuck him a generation ago, right? I think that's that's uh, their father, and yeah, she. But it is interesting and, that yeah. that they basically are like, oh, Millie can go with him to the picnic, mm -hmm. and it's 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 a very strange thing that they would basically give like this fifteen, sixteen year old girl over to this like hypersexual dude that everyone has the hots for. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot that is left unsaid in this play. I love that one moment where Howard and Hal are talking and Howard, they're like watching Madge get dressed and Howard's like, ooh. Oh, that's the moment. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, it's just worth it to come over here and catch a glimpse, you know? I think, like, I think that feels like the setup of like a, like a lot of gay porn of like... Like I can't touch it. I can look and I can't touch. Let's just look at her like just dudes being dudes. Like, oh. Uh, I don't know if that will translate to a, a podcast medium, but um. but but I think it did. Uh, but I think the <laughs> beauty is is like Howard isn't then reduced to something gross. Do you know what I mean? He's no, he's super gross in that moment. But then, like, yeah, a lot happens so quick. Um, but I think that's like I think there's this like it's a totally unromantic view of human like right it's like it's not yeah. like it's like it's just people being like it's not sad that they're getting married it's not particularly it's like she, she's like Rosemary clearly a lot he's sort of a trash bag like they're getting together like oh it's also sad and tragic but that's human life yeah like, but it's funny I don't I didn't a terrible mistake but like being with I don't read it is a bad mistake. I, but I didn't read any of their decisions as like sad or tragic. You know I read I mean? them all as beautifully sad and tragic. I think of them as unromantic, but not tragic. I think it's just sort of like a, like I think. Oh, I mean, Madge is making mistake. Hal, Hal what, is a. What are Madge's other options? So Madge. Sure, but that doesn't mean that like just because she doesn't want to marry. Alan and she doesn't want to end up like Rosemary that like it's not a mistake for her to go to Hal I mean that is what is so tragic like everything like there's no good option no good option for women no good option for men it's beautiful it, it, it feels so real so true and everyone everyone is sad Except, so I think this play also has a really interesting, I think this play is really resonant in, in today. Like, the play also has, like, a really interesting, like, class, uh, like, class critique. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the only person, like, you know who's not, doesn't have a sad ending? Alan does not have a sad ending in this play. Alan just goes back to Harvard and, like, is going to, like, find some other, like, hot I don't know if it's Harvard. I, I kind of think yeah. it's, like, Kansas State. Oh. But Alan's, like, fine, right? Uh, yeah. Howard is probably okay. He owns his business. He's like, maybe it's, I guess, a weird answer. But like, I think. Yeah, that's not a happy marriage, but it's a, yeah, but it's true. But no, but why did he, so I guess of any of the characters who has agency, like Howard did not need to come back that morning. Like I was sure he was not coming back after she did that really like wild display. He's sad and lonely too. And it's the right thing to do, maybe. I don't know. He would rather be with Madge, but he can't. Life but but, I, think, but I, I think I think what's beautiful... I think what is beautiful about the play is what Inch doesn't do is paint all of his characters in the corners so you understand why they do what they do. Right. That, That's like, very true. That like, well, it makes sense that this happened because he created this path where that makes sense that 
you know, dramatically and thematically, that's how it should happen or whatever. It could only go that way. Yeah. I'm personally, I'm not worried about one single fucking character in this play. You know what I mean? I mean, like how he tells some story about being in a three screw where they robbed him. (laughs) Oh my God. That was, Oh, that was the other queer moment. It's like, those were not women. (laughs) 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 Like, so Hal tells a story about he gets cruised. Oh my, like, no, sorry. This is like, if you are gay, you like, this is the thing with the fifties. Like there's queer, like this was, these were not women. He gets cruised on like what, on a bus or like on a train or something. There were people. He was like walking down the street or something. They drove up in a car. And they're like, Hey, get in here. They like take him to a, like a motel. They like, they, they have a threesome. And then they rob him. Wait, you're missing the part where, like, I think he fucks one of them, and they're like, "No, no, no, that's not enough. You got to go again." Oh, right. And then he's like, "Then they rob him." Yeah, right. No, because he's no. They drive a little bit, and he's like, "All right, like the hotel." And he's like, "If you want it, it's here." And he's like, "I know I got to pay for it somehow, like ass, ass or cash." Um, But I am telling you. There is no way that those were blonde, like those were women. Things happen to straight people too, Josh. What? Things happen to straight people too. Not in the fifties. All you could do but is what I, look at but young teens through windows. But what I do, what I do think is interesting is if you look at the interior life of, if we if we examine the interior lives of the characters and what we're able to see. You know, Madge is not really, she's not, because she's just, everyone's like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. You don't have anything to worry about. That like, Mm -hmm. it is interesting when Hal talks about all these adventures he's been on and like being in Hollywood and like being all across the country. And like, I think it's like, regardless of whether they're true or not, it's like those stories are so interesting and how they inform his character to me. Hal's. Right, because there's no way all that interesting shit happens to one person. So, like... Oh, Alan does say at some time he realized that most of his stories are true. I mean, he's, like, just a great A... But, like, he's, like... Like... He's, like, a great He's a, a bad boy. He is a rock and roll, right? He's, a bad boy he's not... But he's not a bad boy, though. He's not a bad boy. Yeah, like Ooh, I think, explain I think that. It's actually interesting though, and I think that depends on the, the the performance because I would like to believe that he really feel like I think like you play this where Hal meets Madge and he knocks her up or whatever, and it's like this is the time that happens every time he goes to a new town and he bolts, or yeah. is he special? And I read it that like, and maybe I'm I'm such a romantic that. Uh, what they had was special. Although Madge had totally slept with Alan, I, I disagree with you from your introduction. She she had put out already. Oh, you think? Yeah, because but, but I do because remember that scene where the mother is like, um, "Does he get upset when you don't uh, you don't put out? Basically, you you don't do more than kiss." And and she was like. He doesn't get upset. She didn't answer. Oh, I think that means she gives him like hand jobs. 
Okay, maybe yeah, that's no, true. No, no, she doesn't. No, yeah, yeah. She, doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't fuck him. She doesn't fuck him. He just lies about not being upset. Um. Yeah, maybe. She's. He worships her. I mean, very I think pretty. I, I just. Yeah. I mean. I uh, that scene. Uh, Millie's character is touches me too. Like. Um. Madge's sister when the trope of like she gets out of her tomboy clothes and dresses up and they even like say it they're like it's like a movie it's like a movie is that a is that gay coded too that she's she's now in drag i don't think so oh god man (laughs) i'm bad at it uh well yeah oh and the scene there's another sad thing for me the scene when um, because Hal agrees to be her date for the picnic, but he's like, "Is Madge going to be there?" And and then and that dance scene where she can't get the step, and then Madge comes and and takes over the dance. That's, that's I think that's, I think that whole like that whole segment. Where they're dancing, like, that's like a like, God, it's so good. Like they yeah. dance, and like she can't quite get it, and then like, and then Rosemary makes uh, Hal dance, and then he she gets touchy, and then freaks out, and then that's when they're looking at match chain. It's like, ugh, it's all so good. Another detail that popped into my mind, um, more for just how weird it is, is when the teachers come back from the part from the. Um, like the luncheon and they complain about like how expensive the food was and how it wasn't very good. And there was only a little piece of veal in the soup. And like, yeah. I'm not sure what that was in there for, except for like, I just a like you get a slice of life that isn't so like, um, but I, I, I found that really charming. I did too. I, and I liked, uh, I liked that you weren't sure what that was there for. Do you think all of them, I mean, this is this would be a terrible production, um, but like, are all of them Trump voters? They live in Kansas. What's the matter with Kansas? Except for like Alan Seymour is like the like neoliberal like Jewish Biden <laughs> voter. They may all be suburban Biden voters. I don't know why we're still on this. I I think I think how voted. Oh, Hal's I a guarantee, for sure. I guarantee you, Hal's never, Hal's never yeah. voted in his life. But if he did, he'd vote for Lyndon LaRouche. Or maybe, maybe he was a Bernie, Bernie primary Trump. No. Oh, when's it no. set? When's it? It's nineteen fifty-three, something like that. Yeah. Do they like Eisenhower? I don't know. Who was fifty-three? Yeah, Ike. They like Ike. Against who? Uh, it was. Um, a guy who gave the speech Adelaide in front Adelaide Stevenson in front of the UN in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, I don't know much about him. Have we wrung this dry? <laughs> I think we're off topic. Um, what else? I think John was going to say something at some point, weren't you? 
I mean, I think, you know, you both mentioned, or I might be, I might be conflating it, but I don't find anything sad or tragic about this play because to me, this whole play is imbued with a sense of optimism and possibility. And like, I think it's funny that like Rosemary is basically playing her cards with this dude, just being like, I don't need you. I don't fucking need you. And then she, she goes too far, but then like, she still is like, all right, I want you to fucking marry me. She gets what she wants. Like, um, I guess so like, what she thinks she wants. Maybe no, it's like but, less but half me, empty, half full. But to me, I I don't think I don't think the play is interested in questioning if they know what they want or if it's the right thing. Really? Because I, I feel that's the whole I, I feel point like of the the romance of uh, Madge and How. Like, no. I think what I'm trying to say is the psychology behind it is not what interests Inge to me. Like mm. it's the, it's the spectacle and just the, that this all, this is all happening to me right now. And this is how I feel. And I think what he's not interested in doing is probing that or trying to um, understand it. And that's yeah. The and he, of the play he's certainly not like categorizing people like we've seen in the last plays of like dipsomaniac. Uh, I mean, other drinkers or like, hysteria or whatever the psychology terms of the time are which is interesting like, his first play his first big play come back little shiba is very much a like like has a very um like a very cautionary thread about alcoholism yeah and so bus stop has an alcoholic um like character who who likes who i think like reading it a uh, looking for day theme, he gets in trouble because he likes uh, young women, but it's probably he's getting in trouble for a different uh, you know, the, sexual indiscretion. But at the, the other, end, he, he goes to an institution or says he's going to, I think. The other interesting thing to me about this play is it's like, it's like the future, I forget the tense, it's like the future, we're talking about a a picnic you know we're going to a thing we're going to a thing we don't ever see it on stage yeah that's beautiful and it's yeah. like i and think it's how like was that imagine how don't go right, right, right. right and so it's so interesting that the play is called picnic so much of the time is spent preparing for this picnic we never see it on fucking stage and i feel like it a lot has to do with how we all experience life yeah of like looking forward to things or assuming that this is what is going to happen and then what comes to be is different, but like, that's not the end and we keep going. Mm -hmm. And that to me is why it's not tragic or sad to me. I guess it's how you look at life. Yeah, it, it might, but like, there, there's no finality to the play. Mm-mm. There's no happy, there's certainly no happy ending. I don't know though. I think Madge is really like, I think there could be a cut. Why? You see, you see her mother. You see, and and at the end, like, uh, the same thing. Like, I don't know. So the mother's like, um, could any, could I have stopped her? And Helen's like, could anyone have stopped you? Right. 
That's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's not happy. And and I don't think like you've seen Hal. Hal is not like Mr. Right. I mean, we don't love people because they're perfect, as as um as she says, but certainly he is not perfect. I guess and I like, oh, me. Yeah, and I don't know. I think there is more potential for her to find happiness and joy in some form in Tulsa than there was. I think her mother is completely right when she says you love him now, but in a few years, in a few months, you'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? And she'll be pregnant by that time. But what her mother also doesn't do is issue an ultimatum. She doesn't create a theatrical ultimatum saying, if you make this choice, don't you ever blah, blah, blah. Or do you know what I mean? There's no... There's no consequence to her choice from her mom. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, I think what's very interesting to me about this play is there's no control. Mm. Nobody's, nobody's in control. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, again, except for maybe at, like Alan is the one with power, right? But he doesn't really like leverage it. But, uh, no, no. I mean, he does the thing where he like goes to tell the police that like his friend, stole the car and all that like that's not real control that's like desperate mm, like yeah. helen and being controlled by a mother i think i think a great thing about the play is it shows such a range of human experience human experience in regards to maybe um romantic love but human experience i mean i think that's i think it like and this is maybe like splitting hairs but i think it shows constraints but not power like i think that like helen's mother is a constraint but i don't think helen's mother have much power over helen i mean at the, like, um, like, well, at, at the end she has to run to go get it and then the story is that she got married and she was forced to annul the marriage right away and yet she still keeps his name right i forgot that's early on in the play we get that all these sort of yeah. like um, these devastating like failed. Yeah, I think it's devastating, and that's what. It, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful play. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't like. I feel like I want to see this. Like, like I want to see this in a lawn. Like I want to be outside on a summer's night. I don't, mm, I don't know. Um, this is probably the play I've read that I have been like most I want to see this play yeah um, because I think this so it's ambiguous to me and I would love to see what a director would do with it what actors would do with it we're disagreeing John thinks one thing I think another I think I think there's so much you could do with this play and, and actors could have a field day with so many of the characters. There's a couple of different productions online we can we can watch. Um, uh, there's a movie, right? There's a movie that apparently is pretty different. There was a TV movie in the 80s. Um, I think that's on YouTube. And then there was a 2012 revival and there's a bootleg of that on YouTube. Um, Who, who's in the 2012 revival? I don't remember. Uh, hmm. Local critic Cameron Kelsell is a big um, Inge fan, and he was texting me today about it. But 
they don't have it off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you're most likely to see this. I think I saw a bus stop in a community theater production, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like this is something that if I see it next, it's going to be at like a college production or a um, I could see, like, community theater. I know that, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, IRC did Come Back Little Sheba. I think this would be a strange pick. That's a smaller cast, though, isn't it? And yeah. and I at least smaller core cast. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a, a like a a theater do something really cool with this. Uh, anyway, um, I have I have dreams for this play. Apparently, in Chicago, there was a not very good um, read boring production that was um, entirely, I think, queer and trans actors. Um, and that that wasn't interesting. It, I mean, I did not see this production. This okay. is this is from word of mouth. Um, there were some people who I really like in it. The Chicago actors who I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, maybe you don't need to do that because it's so evident that it's it, it's yeah, not interesting. You, I'm curious about that. Like, I'm curious like what happens when you. Um, I feel like it maybe takes the charge out, but I don't. I. I literally just saying that I existed in what one person thought. Um, next week, uh, what is it? Tea House for August Moon. Mm, that sounds. This one, I, I'm. You know, it's great when the Wikipedia page says this play hasn't aged well because <laughs> because of its <laughs> racial politics. Uh, oh no! Uh, I can't wait. Uh, Yellow face. Um, so it takes oh, yeah. um, I am interested to to prolong our conversation of picnic um, of like who if anyone you see yourself as or you would like to play because I think that gets at something interesting about the play is like the there's almost no one who we're rooting for in a way who we or who we can see as who I see as like that is a playwright writing themselves. You know oh, what I mean? No, I don't think the playwright is. I mean, maybe, I see myself as Rosemary, um, but I was rooting <laughs> for how. Like I wanted. You were rooting I, for how? I don't know. Yeah, like it's and kind I, of a dick. I don't know how the dick. I think he's sort of like a. He's a himbo. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. Maybe I was just blinded by lust. Like Rosemary. John, who are you? I'm not in this play. And I think what I really liked about <laughs> it is that like I I was watching I was watching someone else's world and it was a relatable world that I understood. Um, and it's funny too because I almost think of Hal as like because a picnic is not going to be the most nutritional lunch you know what I mean you bring like kind of overly rich foods and you have a good time but then it's like whatever you're going to eat again in a few hours I almost feel like Hal was the flavor of the month or like of each year something different happens at this picnic and he was like the the dish this year mm-hmm. the play made, made people uh i like that uh helen right at the end it's like 
being him being in the house made me feel like a woman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with him. Do you know what I mean? That no, it like, doesn't. Who he I mean, is as a person is completely irrelevant. He doesn't exist really other than a, her own perception of him. And that's beautiful. Because yeah. it's not like he had been there for a fucking year. He was there for a night. Mm-hmm. Or like he had like breakfast and did a little work. Yeah. <laughs> Cause an explosion. Oh. Well, all right. Until next week when we read our racist play once more. Um, uh, what a blast. Um, this is the night before Thanksgiving. Um, I'm thankful for the two of you. Um, oh. We're on episode 31. Oh my gosh. And I'm thankful for all our loyal listeners out there. You can like and subscribe us on iTunes. <laughs> Post about us on Reddit or something. Tell your friends. Um, the best is yet to come. And by that, I mean a racist play next week. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Bye, folks. I worry and wonder the clothes